This is Creepy and Geeky, a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Welcome to Creepy and Geeky. I'm your host, Robert, and on today's episode, we're continuing our series on trilogies. This week, Donna the Dead returns to the show to talk about the Blade trilogy. Welcome back to the show, Donna. Well, thank you for having me. I, I swear, yeah. I'm just going to end up being your roommate because <laughs> I think I'm here all the time. And you know what's so great about being back this time? What's that? You don't know what's so great about me being back this time? Uh... Come on. Because it's Blade? No, because we're both on the morbidly beautiful oh. podcast <laughs> network. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And then, yes. I, I'm of a Blade. little tired today. But yes, okay. yes, we are both you. on. We are both now on the morbidly beautiful <laughs> podcast network. I know. <laughs> I'm so excited. And it, and it is. Yeah, and it's all due to you that I'm even on there. So I appreciate you for, uh, you know, putting a good word in for me there. Oh, shucks. It, your your <laughs> podcast is wonderful. Stop downplaying yourself. It's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, I... I, I... Uh, I think it's a good podcast as well, but I, yeah. I do have you to thank for, you know, at least pointing out to me that they were looking for podcasts. And uh, Hey, um, that's what I do. You know, We've been friends yeah. for a while. And I, I mean, I don't want to go at it alone. So I'm glad <laughs> you're with me on <laughs> <at> this network. <laughs> Heck yes. Yeah, no, no. It's now awesome. we'll have to I'm talk like... about making a, a show on this new network that we're on. Since we're on one, then we can yes. finally do one together. Yes, exactly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, we need to do that. We need to seriously just, you know, finally, you know, we've been talking about it for a while about like just doing a different show together in addition to the two shows that we already do. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not like I don't already have enough going on with two shows a week, but you know, I know that's right. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'll be your huckleberry whenever you need me. That's all I'm saying. When we come down to it, <laughs> then we can get to that. Okay. All right. Cross that bridge when we get there. So let's talk about, and this is your show. Yes. Go. <laughs> you know, one of these days you're going to get me on your show. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to work there. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a solo person. You are but a solo I will, person. I will get you there one day because I've only had one guest so far. So if I'm going to have another one, it's definitely going to be you. There you go. All right. But yes, yes, we are talking Blade today. The, uh, the Marvel Comics uh, trilogy about the daywalking vampire. Um. Yeah, so this is this is an interesting trilogy. It kind of falls into horror. It's it's more actiony than horror, mm -hmm. uh, but it definitely has a lot of good horror overtones uh, to it. I mean, obviously, we're dealing with vampires, um, and it's the first R-rated uh, Marvel property that came out. You know, it beat Deadpool um, by quite a while, uh, and you know, it was fairly successful for the time the first two especially were very successful mm -hmm. uh the third the third one not so much not so much uh, but um but yeah uh it's there personally i i like all of them um and we'll get into you know which one's my favorite it'll be controversial like always i always have the hot <laughs> takes so 
but yeah, uh, let's go ahead and start with the the very first one, uh, Blade. Uh, this one was uh, made came out in 1998, uh, directed by Stephen Norrington. Um, this one, uh, this one. So I like this one. This one's got this one's interesting because this one sets the tone for everything, mm-hmm. um, and sets all the lore and everything. This one, to me, has great side characters. I don't really care for Deacon Frost. Um, I know he's a popular villain for a lot of people, but I don't know. He's just okay for me. He's not like super awesome. Well, let me but, ask uh, you. What do you? Yeah. When you saw this, did you did you see this in theaters or did you see it like when it came to DVD or? Hmm, I can't remember. I'm gonna say probably I saw it in on DVD. Um, I probably did not see it in theaters because. 1998 that was you know a year into my my son Harrison being being a kid you know he was a year old yeah. by that point so it, the likelihood of me getting out to go see a movie at that point was pretty <laughs> slim yeah i understand um, that one um i did not see this in theaters i yeah. think i just saw it like on vhs or dvd or whatever it was at the time and um i like this one i i feel I don't know. Maybe it's because in the comics, Deacon Frost is an older gentleman. Yeah. Um, Stephen Dorff, who I love, I love that man since the gate. But <laughs> um, <laughs> there's something about him as Deacon Frost that just didn't resonate with me. Um, he just yeah. came across as an entitled kind of douchey vampire. <laughs> yeah. If I could say <laughs> he's just very entitled and he wanted to, you know, be uh, bigger than what Blade was and bigger than what the elder vampires were. And I right. thought, dude, just wait your wait your turn. I mean, I know well, that's hard that's when people are immortal, but you know, I yeah. don't understand. And that's saying so, a lot about being a douchey vampire, because a lot of vampires are pretty fucking douchey. Yeah. So, you know, so when you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that I think that's what it is for me, too. He just comes off so like so entitled and like such a little like, I don't know, rat. And it just it doesn't work for me. It's very annoying. I just want to see him dead the whole time. (laughs) Right. Right. Because it's like, okay, I get it, dude. You you have this plan. Um, These vampires are much older than you and they've all towed the line and they've all done what they need to do plus you're already immortal and you're already rich i mean what more do you want sir i feel yeah. like you're being a little pushy and you're a little greedy you know what i mean it's just yeah pump your brakes that's all i'm gonna say about that you need to pump <laughs> your brakes and so the other thing that kind of irritates me about the deacon frost character um in the comics he's an older gentleman and he's a little bit more savvy and and i guess classy and with this character in this movie i'm always like why didn't the elder vampires just take him out like nobody else is giving them shit like this dude and yet they they put up with it (laughs) for whatever reason it is i i didn't understand um obviously he is flunkies aren't that good so no. you know it's like Donald Logue's getting his hand cut off and burnt up every and, five minutes so here's the thing i love donald Logue, and oh, i he's think the he's, best, awesome he's one of the best parts movie. yeah yeah he's so good in this movie and this was like i think the first time i ever saw him uh in a movie too is 
one of his one of his earlier roles and he's just so good and so funny in this that it's just i don't know it like i became a fan of his ever since i think i read and i said i wasn't coming up with any trivia but i think i did read that <laughs> a lot of his lines are ad-libbed because they just liked what he was doing so much they just nice. kind of let him roll with it which it he's one of those people you like to watch in this yeah. film and i love him so much because I don't know if anybody's listening or if you're watching what we do in the shadows, but he actually was on a season of the what we do in the shadows uh, and he he's playing himself, but apparently he yeah. liked the blade lifestyle so much he actually becomes a vampire on this show he's he's a full-on vampire and he loves this life and i thought this is hilarious they have a callback to this movie because he was yeah. having so much fun with this movie i think he was only having a really good time oh yeah definitely i think um you know so it's it, like that was that he was one of the ones i was going to mention he he's great in this uh seeing udo kier in this was awesome too um that was and awesome. that's the that's the interesting thing for me too is that at the time i didn't know udo kier from anybody um i just thought oh okay this guy's kind of cool and then to find out that he'd been playing um like vampires and other horror mm -hmm. stuff uh throughout his career and i was like oh okay that that makes a lot of sense why That's they cool pulled him into this yep so yeah so it was it was really cool and then you know we have obviously wesley snipes who's yeah crushing it in this role i mean oh this was the role he was born to play this was I, this I was can't... this was his role yeah no 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 go ahead i can't imagine anyone else playing this role and it was so funny too because um doing my rewatch because i knew we were going to talk about it uh my son was telling me that they actually were thinking about lawrence fishburne and denzel washington for this role and i thought <laughs> yeah I could not see either of them in this role. I mean, like you're right. No. This was definitely the role made for him. I know he wanted to play Black Panther, but he did, yeah. I feel like this is it. This is it. This is the role that you needed to play. Um because right. he brings everything. We you know he'd already been doing the action movie stuff and he's a great actor and he's charismatic as hell and plus, you know, he knows martial arts. So that's that's like a home run. Oh yeah, no, it was it was it was the perfect role for him. I don't think he could have pulled off. I don't think he would have been bad as the Black Panther. I don't think he would have been bad, but I think that he it, like Blade was made for him. Yeah. Um, and he pulls that off, and despite <laughs> what ends up being a very rocky series in terms of uh, creators and getting things mm -hmm. made and and everything that he he manages to get through it all um and pulls off pretty good performances uh through most of most of these um you know um, i mean I think he's a little I, rocky in, in 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 number 3 but we'll get to that <laughs> yeah we'll get to that when we get to it. i i know exactly what you're talking about but i really do like the way he is portrayed in this film and you know yeah. how how smart he is and how cocky he is and um, my daughter always used to kind of make fun and say, well, you know, he's basically like Vampire Shaft. And I said, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. 
That's because so you know funny. every every movie he's got a different lady or you know maybe you know he may not be dating them but you know there's always a different woman involved in his life and so I was like, yeah, yeah never thought about that yeah vampire chef that's too funny but yeah i i absolutely loved it though from the very first time i saw it i was just like oh yeah okay this is great because you know we've got the opening scene with the, the opening scene is so good obviously dumb horny guy and we see tracy lords tracy and I'm like, lords yes got a porn star in this movie <laughs> what kind of movie is this but you know she was already starting to transition to acting and she had already been doing yeah. acting roles so it was interesting to see this but my favorite thing about the intro and i'm not going to break the movie down i'm not doing that but the favorite thing for me about this intro is that we see them in the car and this guy is like oh yeah i'm gonna go somewhere real fun i'm gonna you know he's young he's thinking he's gonna get laid he's gonna get fucked yeah. up whatever whatever and as they're walking through this meat packing district he sees what looks like bodies a human body yeah <laughs> like not one there's a row of these bodies and he's yeah. just kind of like hey what's that and i'm thinking dude that's the time when you should have sobered up <laughs> and said hell no hell is, that out a of there. is that a person i'm out of here see you bye <laughs> and i like that that's actually something that they show you in this first movie and they don't go into it in this one you don't even right. get get anything about this until the third movie right um but it's like a little plot point that's just like teased in this one it was so creepy and i thought i I was young, okay. I'm not, I'm not old. I'm not like a grandma or anything. But I remember being <laughs> in my twenties and being. Hey, just because somebody might be a grandma or grandpa doesn't mean they're old, lady. <laughs> let me let me rephrase that. You are you are a hundred percent correct <laughs> because I am older than you and I should know better. But I was in my twenties and I I was one of those people that you know you want to go to parties and you go to weird locales and you know clandestine places you probably shouldn't. Be. <laughs> but even even then i knew that if it felt weird and i had that spidey sense tingle to get the hell yeah. on and this dude had none of that <laughs> he just yeah. went in there and it was fine and then he saw her making out with the girl and he's like oh yeah i'm gonna do two chicks no you're not you're about to be dinner <laughs> yeah that's about it and the minute the blood started coming down i was like okay this is insane what in the hell is going on and I just remember, you know, when all of the fangs started coming out and people, you know, we could see that they were clearly vampires at this point. And there's this one, the one guy that came in with Tracy Lords. And I thought, is he the only human? How are they going to eat? I'm telling you, my my brain yeah. goes to weird places. I'm like, so are y'all all going to eat this one person? There's plenty of blood coming out the ceiling. I don't think you need to eat him right yeah. now. It's <laughs> right. like, this makes no sense. But I guess, you know, because once again, like the Stephen Dorff, Deacon Frost, they're just young vampires doing whatever the hell it is that they do. Um, right. Clearly, young vampires are just as dumb as young people <laughs> in certain ages, I'm assuming. And then <laughs> we get that really cool shot where the guy's on the floor and you you see his, you see Blade's foot steps coming up and everybody kind of just freezes because they're like, oh shit, we fucked up. <laughs> you know, Blade is here. Absolutely love that opening. It was the best thing I had seen oh, it's so that good. time. And, and I, I great introduction it. to Blade. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 super good. It's it's a great opening. I think it's 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 a very iconic opening. It, it like, really is. I don't is. think anybody can really argue with that opening at all. 
Plus, he's wearing, like, you know, the sweet duster, and he's got all of the cool gear on, all in black. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is the best movie (laughs) ever And here's the interesting thing about this, too, is they ended up, Blade in the comic books wasn't like this. So they actually ended up changing Blade. Blade was not even a vampire. He was just he a wasn't guy. He was a vampire, was, right? No. And so they ended up changing him. He ends up getting bitten like, like the year, uh, like a year later by Morbius of all people. He gets bitten by Morbius, um, and then becomes a vampire. And then he like, gets in the all comics, that. yeah, yeah. And then he gets all the powers, and then becomes the Daywalker and everything. And now he's a damn Avenger. He's been on the Avengers like the last few years. So, he's been on the Avengers, he's been in Midnight Suns. It, man, that's, yeah, it's so crazy. I and love it's, it. Yeah, it's but they actually because this movie did so well, they actually went into the comic books and said, you know what, we're going to change the comic book version of him to be more in line with the movie version. So isn't that nice when they do that? It's like when we talk about Nick Fury. I love when they do that. It's really cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, crusty old white Nick Fury definitely had to go, man. That guy. Hey, man, I wouldn't call him crusty. Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos was the shit, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. Coming from a girl who used to read it, I know. Yeah. I know my my Nick Fury was the man. But I love this one. I'm not, I'm not yes. disputing that. However, when we get into this movie, we were talking about Donald Logue, and then it's because of Donald Logue that we get introduced to a character who's not in the comics who I wish they kept in the movies and also wish they kept in the comics. And that would be Karen Jensen, I think. Yeah. 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 So, well, go back. So she's a, she's a, she's a hematologist. Well, right. So, so real quick though, cause we didn't even talk about like the very beginning and oh. cause the very beginning is interesting too. And I don't want to like recap everything, but mm-hmm. the very, very beginning is interesting, you know, and kind of sets up a lot of stuff is this woman's being wheeled into uh, the hospital. Oh, right. And she's obviously been bitten by a vampire. You know, we could obviously assume that. And then she, so but she's pregnant and she's there they're trying to save the baby before she dies. And so as we as the baby's you know removed uh from her, we see it kind of fade out as she's like grasping towards the baby. So we're mm-hmm. supposed to assume that his mother's dead. So so and then that's where we go into everything else. So I just wanted to mention that because that does come into play later on in yeah, the movie. It does. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a little, a little weird. We're going to get into that. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, Karen, who's the hematologist, uh, yes. is in the hospital. And I love her character, um, Nabushier Wright. She is yes. so gorgeous. She really yes. needs to be. She should have been a bigger star. I, I honestly feel yeah. like she should have been a bigger star. Um, and she's been in a lot of really good movies. You know, she was in Dead Presidents and she was in uh, Zebrahead and she's you know in various things here and there but i loved this character because there are very few horror movies that we get to see black female doctors or black female scientists and that they're you know prominent characters and that they're you know not crying every five minutes or they don't get killed right (laughs) and so of course she gets bitten uh donald logue's character (laughs) which is very funny blade has obviously tormented this man. You know, I love that scene where they're in the club and he tells Donald Logue, he's like, uh, 
oh, I haven't tried fire yet. Let's see if that does anything to you. Because, you know, he's already cut him up and done all these things to him over the years. Yeah. <laughs> so because his charred body is in the hospital, he, you know, he he's a vampire. He's not dead. And he comes out and he bites Karen. Then Blade has to take care of her. And I guess if she turns or whatever, he'll have to actually take care of her, like take care of her, take right. care of her. And I really, really like this character just because, you know, she deals with blood and she, yeah. she's smart. And I feel like it was a waste that they did not carry her over onto the other movies because I really think her and Whistler, they would be great allies for Blade. Yeah. And then, you know, if something happened to Whistler, which eventually it does, that would be a good person to also still have in his camp. I, I just felt like she was such a wasted character. She was great in this movie. I just wish they had carried her into the other movies. That makes sense. Yeah, no, exactly. Because, you know, she, she, you know, she's, she's a very intelligent woman um, who um, doesn't like, just want to sit on the sidelines. She's actually goes out with blade and, goes hunting for these you know for all these vampires and everything mm-hmm. like that trying to help solve this mystery and everything meanwhile she's also working to try to um, make his serum better and um that he has to use to keep his thirst at bay and she's and also working to cure herself she's also, because she's, she's working thinking. on curing herself and she works on that um thing to um that uh what's it called uh that device to uh make them make the vampires blow up by expending their their blood (laughs) so yeah it's like so she's like putting in double overtime (laughs) you know why wouldn't you want to keep a character this awesome yeah i feel like yeah she handled it so well too i don't know if somebody told me that vampires were a thing i mean at first she was like yeah right but you know after a while she was just like well shit i guess it is what it is and i need to wise up um, and she also gives him a lot of shit, you know, like the, there's does. a scene, uh, like I think one of the familiars came over dressed as a cop and was trying to hurt her and, you know, Blades just basically pummeling this guy on her car and she's like, is that really necessary? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was about to kill you. I think that is kind of necessary. Um, <laughs> you know, but she doesn't, she doesn't back off from him or anything. And I, right. I felt like she was she would have been such a good person to continue because just like Whistler, she's she's there for him and she's there to help him, but she also knows how to be a tough person and stand on right. her own as well. Um and well, then and you know there, we, Yeah. Go ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go no, ahead. I was just gonna say we also have that one scene um going a little further into the movie where they realize that Deacon Frost has a plan and they have to go to um I guess basically they're vampire hacker <laughs> to get the information. Yeah. And he's holding the UV light on this really kind of gelatinous blob of a person <laughs> in this yes. area. And he tells her to hold the light, you know, and he's like, well, if he moves, you know, shine it on him. And she's just sitting here frying this guy. <laughs> yeah. She's and then like, she goes, he well, he moved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing. I thought, oh, geez. So, I mean, I think there would have been a, there would have been a great, person to have not necessarily be a sidekick but definitely a great person for him to fall back on yeah no and i liked also um that they weren't like romantically like there was no romantic subplot with them they were just like blade doesn't 
Blade isn't there for that. Like, um, you know, it's he's all about the mission. Like, and then you know, there there there's a little detour in the next one, but um, but for the most part, he's all about the mission, and there's nothing right. You know, there's no holding romantic back about that. kind and of. So, yeah, and so I like that 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 like they didn't try to lean into that because so many movies do that. So mm-hmm. many movies will 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 always just try to pair up the the man and the woman rather than you know just letting them be a team together and letting them do what they need to do. And they did that in this one. It was great. Yeah, that was a really strong point. I I love that. I love when they do that. Um, not to go off target because I will do, and you have to circumvent me back around. But <laughs> you know, for example, uh, Fury Road. You know, we get to see yes. Furiosa and we get to see Mad Max, and there's no kind of they're just equal and they're on equal playing field. And I love that about right. Karen and Blade. It's just he's telling her the facts. She has to deal with it, and she deals with it. And she's like fuck it, I'm going to find a cure for myself and I'm going to help you and I'm going to do this. And she's got her her, bind, her blinders on just like Blade does. She's, she's focused on what she needs to do and she does it. And I absolutely right. love that about her. No, absolutely. I I, I very much enjoy the, the character. She's, she's definitely one of the highlights of the movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's mostly like Blade and then like s- some of the you know, uh, uh, assorted other people that are in there. Deacon Frost, not so much. Not so <laughs> but, much, um, no. Yeah. You know, because his plan is just really weird. Like, okay, well, I'm going to raise this blood god. You know, I'm going to translate all this text. I'm going to raise this blood god or become this blood god so that I can take over everything. But why? Like, and then what? Like, uh, yeah. yeah like, and then what? what? Now the you're reason? in charge of everything. What's the, what's, you know, now you're in charge of everything. I mean, there's everything. a reason why they didn't do it because what would be the point they're already happy living the lives that they already are living and the other thing that irritates me about it and i swear and this i'm nitpicky (laughs) at towards the end i'm rushing ahead a little bit but towards the end when they line up all of the old i guess the head of the vampire families or whatever and there's supposed to be 12 of them right right then deacon frost the uh the blonde lady that's always wearing the white clothes she yeah. kills one of them and i thought well then you don't yeah. have 12 so this shouldn't fucking work <laughs> yeah like, i wondered about that too like i never noticed it until this until this rewatch and then i was like yeah Wait a i was minute. like did you have she a backup did y'all yeah. bring a backup old person because that's not gonna happen i mean none of this sh- <laughs> this shit don't make no sense <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i know that's very nitpicky of me to say however no. we're I went a little too far ahead. However, I do love Chris Christopherson in this movie. Yes. I cannot imagine anybody else playing Whistler. Yeah. Maybe Sam no, Elliott. I... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> They're kind of similar to each other. That would make sense. Maybe yeah. maybe Sam Elliott if Whistler, you know, if they needed a brother, maybe that would work, I guess. Only yeah, because I yeah. like Roadhouse and I love Sam Elliott in that movie. So <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of Whistler. But he's too fucking cool, man. I mean, you yeah. know, first of all, he... he rescued him as a kid he taught him how to fight taught him how to hunt didn't try to stake him (laughs) you know clearly he realized he wasn't completely a vampire because he's walking around in daytime or whatever um but he's cool as hell i mean you know you need that old the old grizzled white guy in the chair i guess (laughs) 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 i mean if i was gonna have one i'd want it to be him i want it to be whistler you know um 
but he's too cool. He's like the coolest, coolest guy. Too cool for school. I absolutely love him. Um, yeah. I I didn't, you know, I didn't like that we didn't get to see him do as much in this movie, which is why I love seeing him in the second movie. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he definitely has more playtime in the the second one. Yeah, I absolutely love it. But before I jump on to the second one, uh, we get the revolu- <laughs> revelation uh, later on. Uh, because you know Deacon Deacon Frost has already used like the uh, <laughs> the vampire SPF. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. that is that just cracks me up to no end. Like, no, <laughs> just <laughs> just stop. But anyway, the vampire sunscreen and you know, and he's threatening Blade and all of this stuff, and you know, they finally do capture him. Uh. And we find out that his mother, who we saw at the beginning of the movie, we thought died, is Deacon's boo. It's like his. Yeah. (laughs) One of them, at least. Yeah, he's got like a side, a side piece, and it's Blade's mom. That's the ultimate disrespect. Oh my god! It is like it is, and it's so weird too because she's so like apparently when you become a vampire, you just become evil. Like, see, like I just assume like that. You know, being a vampire, you could become evil, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you have to become evil. And so I just it it you know, but maybe something, you know, when you become undead, you just become evil. I don't know. But yeah, she's just a terrible, terrible person and is totally on board with bleeding her son dry. Oh, she's uh, completely fine with it. Real ass witchel. Yeah. She she was getting kind of creepy with it when they were like oh, when they had man. him tied down and I was like, okay, ick factor is so yeah. high right now. Yeah, right? You know, she's touching him and calling him Eric, and I'm like, okay, lady, <laughs> just walk away from him at this point. You're creeping me out. But it's interesting though, because you know, Sine Latham, she's such a gorgeous woman. And when yeah. that revelation comes out that it's his mother. I, I was like, what? And so, of course, you know, Deacon has to make the, the snide remark. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I made you, you know, yeah. you wouldn't be like this if it wasn't for me because I'm the one that beat your mom. And I'm like, oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the stakes are very, very high at this point. Um, <laughs> pun not intended. Pun pun purely intended, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing but not funny. But, uh, you know, this movie, it, I feel like if the, if the CGI could have been better, if it had yeah. come at a different time, I probably would have appreciated this one. And I and I do. I, I Right out the gate, I love this movie. I, I will be honest with you, the second one is my favorite, and I'm pretty sure the third one might be yours from the way you started this episode. <laughs> but uh we'll get there (laughs) we will get there but i really do um i have a couple of problems with this one one we we get the obvious uh whistler uh cop out where it's like oh well you know that he's dead and i'm thinking no no just just until the sequel (laughs) until the sequel um but it was a clever way that they brought him into the sequel and then the other thing was uh the whole, uh, the nitpicky thing I already brought up where they killed one of the vampires and they're supposed to make this blood god. 
you're lacking a vampire. So this shit should not work, but it does work. And then we get all of the kind of, dare I say, sci-fi channel CGI <laughs> effects, because that was right. what it was. I mean, that's what it was at the time. And that was cutting edge probably in 98. I mean, yeah, we, we've seen so many advances in, in special effects now. Of course, it looks hokey to me. But at the time, it was, you know, that was like, oh, shit. I can't believe his body went back together like that. Um, right. But the fight made no sense. You know, Deacon Frost is doing all of these jumps like he's a cat and, you know, <laughs> right. slow-mo shots. And I, I feel I, I feel torn because I want to like him as a bad guy. There are some people Yeah. when I watch movies, I want to like you as a bad guy, but you're not selling it and I'm not buying it. And that's just one of he's one of those bad guys. I was just like, I was not buying it. Yeah, I, he, no, he I felt like a, a brat, like you said, like a bratty douche, just, you yeah. know, he just wanted his own way. But if we did not have him, we would not have the iconic uh, line that Blade says, you know, about people wanting to ice skate up. <laughs> yeah, ice skate uphill, yeah. <laughs> Some motherfuckers just want to skate up, ice skate uphill. I love <sighs> when he says that because it's so great. And the <laughs> other great thing about it is they just heard Wesley Snipes say that and in a conversation and they were like, we are putting that in the movie. And I thought, <laughs> Jesus, if they hadn't heard that, we would never have that line in that movie. It would be, it would be a tragedy because it's the best. Right. The delivery is great. The way he just acts when he says it. And then, you know, of course he takes Deacon Frost out. I was exhausted by the end of this movie. <laughs> so it's, it's two hours long. It's a long movie. It's long for action for uh, for a superhero action movie. Yeah. Before like, we had all of the Marvel MCU. Before stuff. we had all the Marvel stuff, but like the pacing in this one is generally okay. Like it's two hours long, but it's generally okay. I didn't feel it that it much. It doesn't feel um, that but there way. There are there are bits where it does kind of slow down, and you're kind of like, okay, let's let's pick up the pace. But at the same time, like for two hours, there's still a lot that we don't know there's still a lot that feels like underdeveloped right you know so it's just and and i think we get more of that in the in the next couple of movies um more of the the building of the world and everything but um but i think as a movie if you just take blade by itself it's a good movie um you know it's it's pretty iconic even even my quibbles with Deacon Frost and everything aside, I still think it's a good movie for what it is. Blade's oh, yeah. a great character. Um, with he, you know, he's got a great supporting cast in Whistler and uh, Karen Jensen, and uh, you know, you got you still got great um bad guys in Donald Logue and Udo Kier and um the 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 girl with the white clothing and stuff like that because she's pretty badass. <laughs> she's so, a badass bitch. She really yeah. is. Like. Um, like she should have been the one in charge. So I feel like if it had been her and Donald Logue, you could have done like a vampire Joker and Harley Quinn, and that would have made it a lot more interesting to me. Yeah. So, and this is the interesting thing, though. Now thinking about this though, too, is that you know talking about um, Deacon Frost and him just being this kind of douchey dude, he comes off like this trust fund, like uh, frat bro, um, yeah. and him the the. the conversations between him and um donald logue sometimes come off like that and i think he's meant to be like that that's how he's that's how he's portraying it um and so that's 
And that's why it just, I'm just like, ugh, I don't like that as a character. Like, yeah, no. maybe as a side character, fine, as the stoogy to somebody else, but as like a main bad guy, I'm just like, nah, I don't, I don't care for that at all. And I mean, I think the whole thing is, you know, he's just saying all of these old vampires um, are just, they're so out of touch. But I'm thinking, dude, you don't even know what you want to do. I mean, so yeah. you're going to be this blood glut blood god and then what you're going to eat all of humanity you're going to eat vampire what is your end game sir you already <laughs> right. rich i mean <laughs> well, and that's I, what's just driving me crazy it's like the vampires like you look and see how their like um organization is right. with these 12 houses and stuff like that they have things on lockdown They've they have been everything on They've been doing great. I understand you know? undercover, just, except for the people who and he know just wants and to, the familiars. And he just, and he just wants to, to break things and shake it up and everything. Yeah, it's like, no. why? No. Like, why I, mess with the, what you have that's good? Yeah, so. I would love to see an older version of Deacon Frost. Like, if not, I mean, I know that there were talks of redoing it and now it's been pushed back, but it would yeah. be nice to see a, a vampire who's a little more mature and you know, has an actual agenda as opposed to it's my turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's my only thing. So do we have anything else to say about Blade other than it was it was kick ass to see this character on screen. Oh yeah. No, and Earth like I, and I had no real connection to Blade. Like I hadn't been interested in him before. I hadn't like I never read any of the like the Midnight Sun stuff or anything. Um so like you know, getting to see this as a movie was great because it was a good entry point into the character um yeah you know and so absolutely um but yeah no let's uh go ahead and jump into number two uh blade two uh directed by guillermo del toro in 2002 um four years later took four years to make this movie um or to get it made and released um and this is not early guillermo del toro it's two years before he makes hellboy um the first hellboy movie and you can like i think this was the first thing i ever saw of his i don't think i'd seen anything of his before this um but this definitely if you watch anything guillermo del toro this is pretty much a good primer on what he's like as a director and what he's interested in yeah i um, actually saw a couple of films uh chronos was one that i saw and it right. oddly enough is another vampire film and i fell in love with that director when i saw chronos and ron perlman just happened to be in that movie and he's in blade 2 so when i heard he was directing this i was like okay i got to go see this cuz i you know yeah. nobody was playing chronos and all of his other movies in my local theater so <laughs> of course i had to go see blade 2 and my husband was on board because he absolutely loved the first one and I could not tell you how much I enjoyed watching this on a myriad of levels. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, now we do get, I'm just jumping ahead, just a, a smidge. We do unfortunately get the will they or won't they kind of love interest yeah, with one of the characters. And I was like, I'm over it. But I understand <laughs> Guillermo's a romantic and he wanted to have yeah. some kind of you know, to give Blade somewhat of a heart, I guess. Um, but yeah, and this it, movie and is it great. wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't as bad as like, like it could have been. Like it was, they had 
they obviously kind of pined for each other in a, mm-hmm. in, in a little bit, but it wasn't like super over the top and they didn't really no. like, pursue it very much. They didn't like hook um, up or anything. You could yeah, just tell that was, they may have if they if it had gone on a little longer, they might have. Right. And um, so it was it was definitely a good like, you know, it fits well within his in Del Toro's like romantic stuff like that. You know, yeah. he's very much into that kind of romance you know, kind of aesthetic. And I mean, you yeah. know, the woman who is uh playing Nisa, she's gorgeous. I, yeah. she, you know, why why wouldn't his head be turned a little bit? You know, especially if she's already right. a vampire. It's not like you're you know, just hooking up with a regular chick at this point. I would assume <laughs> I would assume that would might that might be a little interesting. Um but you know, once again, when we come into this movie, um, you know, Blade is looking for somebody. We're not sure what's going on. Or at the beginning, you know, he gives us in the uh, the voiceover that he's looking for Whistler. The voiceover, yeah. Yep. And kind of recapping everything a little bit. And we're just like, oh, okay, so Whistler's not dead. And I thought, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, anytime they hear, you hear a gunshot off screen and you don't see it, they're not dead. They're, they're they not died. dead, yeah. Um, so... You know, he's in, what is it, uh, Russia? Or I can't remember where he is. Uh, Prague. Prague, thank you. So yeah. he's looking for Whistler, and he's, you know, doing his Blade thing. And absolutely love the way uh, Del Toro uh, made this, because, you know, the fight the uh, fight scenes are kind of sped up. The chase scene is sped up. Um, we get to see all the cool weaponry and all of the uh, vampires kind of exploding into embers and, you know, just all the cool gadgets he's got. And I love the intro to this so much because it was just so fast paced. And then you get to see all these vampires running from him. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like blades coming, everybody's running and scattering. And I thought, can none of you turn into bats? Like, is that not, not a thing in this, <laughs> in this world? <laughs> That's always my first go-to, turn into a bat. Uh, but I guess they don't do that. They don't do that in this, uh, in, in this mythology. <laughs> lame (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's really cute it's a very cute intro you know because you get to see he's been looking for whistler for these past few years and he's just mowing people down like he literally is just he's only got one thing on his mind where can i find whistler and um they do a really clever thing at the beginning where there's a kind of a chunky vampire (laughs) yeah got a ball head and he's chasing him and then he basically you know gets information and then he says i'll catch you later and then we think nothing of it and uh finds whistler brings him back or whatever what i love about this movie is that whistler actually gets more to do like i think we may have seen him all of what 30 minutes in the first movie if that long (laughs) yeah in this one it's great because when he finds him, he's a vampire. He's the very thing that he's been fighting along with Blade. Yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing to turn you into what you don't want to be. Oh yeah. Um and I love it too because when he gets him back, of course, you know, Blade's been hunting. Well, he's got a new person and it's Norman Reedus. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Scud was not ideal. I don't. I'm not a fan of Norman Reedus. So, like, I he's annoying in this movie. 
Oh, no, he's super annoying in this movie. This is just like, I don't know. This is like how I kind of imagined that Daryl was before <laughs> he was Daryl. <laughs> I it believe seems like it. a very similar character in a lot of ways. So it's just like, all right. Whenever um, I watch this movie, and I don't mean to interrupt you, whenever I watch this movie and no, he's God. talking in that kind of high-pitched Tony Hawk pre-teen skater voice, and then you <laughs> see him on Walking Dead and he's talking like Michael Madsen in every Quentin he's, Tarantino movie, yeah. and I'm like, what? I don't understand. Yeah. Which one is the real one? I know it's acting. I know it's acting. Yeah. But yeah. if I was Blade and I had to listen to that voice all day, that kid wasn't oh, coming man. 10 feet in my organization. Period. No. 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 It's <laughs> no, we uh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm just not a fan of Norman Reedus. So this that's so this one's probably my least favorite of the of the trilogy. Um because of this um because i don't really like the whatever this the the mutated vampire thing is oh the um, Re- reaper the reapers reaper? yeah. yeah um i just i'm not a big fan of that um it's it's okay it's 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 not bad but i'm just like i don't know it's just not as interesting um I think just because I like it's, it reaper. falls into the zombie category for me a little too much um and like I'm just not a big fan of zombies. I like um, the Reaper design, and I only, and I will tell you right. why. Because I like Guillermo del Toro likes monsters. I like no, I, I, get I that. like yeah. throwing that whole kind of different, uh, looking creature that we're used to. You know, just with fangs. I love. I like the, the creature design. The, Don't get me right. wrong. I do like the creature design, but you know the the whole story about it and everything like that was just kind of. Yeah, that was too convoluted. Okay. I, I didn't care yeah. about that. And I didn't really, and I wasn't appreciative that they took that same design and they added it later on in the last one that we'll get to. Because that was, yeah. just, that irritated that was the weird. hell out of me. <laughs> but that was weird. I, I'm going to get into that one too. Because yeah. that was something that I was like confused about. So, yeah. But this one, I I do like. Um, I like Nomak. I like uh, the fact that uh, Luke Goss is. I was a teenage girl in the 80s. Let me just back this up for people. <laughs> and Luke Goss and his brother, they were in a band called Bros. And not too many people know about that. But <laughs> I had the biggest crush on both of them. <laughs> so That's too funny. Their songs are horrible. I don't advise anybody to watch them. But if you do, don't judge me. I was a teenager. <laughs> okay. Blame but Donna. But he's he's known for being, you know, um, an action person. Like, you know, obviously Del Toro used him again in Hellboy and Hellboy, the Golden Army. Right. And then, um, you know, he's been in, I think, like a couple of video game movies like Tekken. And, you know, he you know, he made a name for himself being, you know, a tiny action man. So I wasn't I wasn't mad at this at all. Um, The way that we got around to Novak and the Reapers, I didn't care for that either. But right. it is interesting um, for me, at least, to see uh, a movie where vampires are now not the real baddies, but there's somebody worse than them. Right. So I kind of like that idea of it. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry. So Whistler's there, and now he has to basically detox, I guess, to be a human I think again. he gives him a cure to like 
some some kind of cure that he managed to get you know presumably i would assume from karen jensen but See, it's never really explained about. yeah that's what i mean we need yeah it would have been helpful to have that kind of backstory but no there's no backstory there so yeah. he just suddenly has a cure for vampirism and cures whistler of being a vampire so it's like okay well if you could do that why don't you stop killing all the vampires and just start curing them yeah so <laughs> just infect all of the blood and just let them turn human i would do yeah. i would do that in a heartbeat i mean but you know it's a movie well, what are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> it's not as fun if he's just going around stabbing no. everybody with a needle and curing Plus them we, and then, you, know, you know we don't get to see him like them. people exploding into fiery embers and whatnot um <laughs> But we see that, you know, now uh, Whistler, you know, he's fine, sort of. And uh, Scud, God, I hate that character so yeah. much. He's like the new, he's been the new Whistler for the last He's the new Whistler, years. yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, Whistler's not happy with that. But uh, to speed this up a little bit, uh, earlier in the movie, we also see uh, that there's like a, what looks like a homeless guy going into a blood bank and clearly this is a vampire station that they're just draining yeah. you know, homeless people or whatever and uh, as they get this person in the chair he starts laughing and they don't understand why he's laughing you know they're you know obviously he should be afraid because they're vampires and they're tough but this guy is happens to be a vampire who eats vampires <laughs> I didn't know how I felt about the beginning of this. And then as the movie went on, I was like, that is kind of creepy. That's really messed up because now yeah. whoever he bites is going to be infected with this now uh, Reaper virus. And they, you know, they multiply pretty quickly. So right. vampires are now having to partner with Blade to take all of these now Reapers out. That's kind of weird. Yeah. It's a weird premise, but it worked. <laughs> it um, works i guess um it, it, it does work suck <laughs> it up <laughs> no it's this is a good movie even even though it's my least favorite of the bunch it's still a good movie and i still enjoy a lot about it you know because we get the blood pack which is the group of vampires that teams up with uh blade to they've been training stop. to hunt him <laughs> yeah, yeah they've been training to hunt blade like blade is so badass they have to form this whole team of like fighting vampires to like take him out. And so now they're teaming up though. So they're teaming up with, uh, with blade to fight the reapers. And so, and of course the baddest ass one of them all is Ron Perlman. Um, so pre pre Hellboy, uh, but del Toro and Perlman have been working together. Um, uh, I think since Kronos, right. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, so it, it's great to see Ron Perlman anytime to see Ron Perlman. Cause he always plays such good characters, even when they're bad. Uh, <laughs> he's always playing the bad guy that you like, you really shouldn't, but there's just <laughs> something so fun about him. I don't know whether it's cause he's got a giant ass head or he's like a super right. large person. He's just, you know, there's something very charismatic about him. And even when he's playing a bad guy, I absolutely love him. I can't help it. Um, right. And I find it hilarious that, you know, they have so many different people in this this little blood pack. You know, you've got basically like a Viking guy and his girlfriend. You know, you've got uh, 
Donnie Yen, who's like a, a mute samurai swordsman. I'm like, so all of y'all, you just pick picked and choose like the coolest vampire people <laughs> to right. be in this little group, you know? And it's it's really funny because uh yeah, like you said, they have to work with Blade and they have to go into these places to try and find these Reapers. And I don't know how this works on the vampire chain, but even these vampires were disgusted by what they saw at the now, you know, the newer trendy vampire club. They were just like, oh, these people aren't <laughs> right. even pure blood and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what, what, what do you, what's the criteria? Do y'all just bite people? I mean, <laughs> it seems I don't, like, they, like, it doesn't even make sense with the whole pure blood and like, yeah, you know, and everything like none that. Of so, it. so there's some that are born like vampires, like, so, and I want an explanation on that because if you're born a vampire, then you're a baby forever because you're you, not going to grow. <laughs> well, not only that, but say you were born a vampire, like Udo Kier's character said, you know, he was born a vampire. He was born. I was a like, vampire. so wouldn't that make you like Blade, a daywalker? Yeah. Like it, like it, the mythology doesn't make any None sense. None of at that time. makes any goddamn. And sense. then, like, I don't get, I don't understand why they hate. On the people who are made into vampires, you're the ones making them into vampires. What, the mofo? what the hell are you talking about? Or maybe have some rules in your vampire community don't bite lesser people. I don't know what you <laughs> want to do. Have but you some need to scruples or out. something in who you yeah. bite. <laughs> yeah, the way it sounds like y'all just nibble whenever y'all want, and then you get pissed off that you have people that you don't like. And well, you know what? <laughs> right. the, Daytime will fix that if you want to just push them outside. <laughs> you don't have to wait. I mean, I I don't know. They're very bougie. No, no, I it's agree. like these vampires they are, are very bougie. Well, and then so there's apparently it was not in like it's not mentioned in the in, in the movie at all, but the girl with the pink hair that's part of the blood pack, mm -hmm. she's supposed to be the sister of uh Tracy Lord's character from the first movie. Oh, see, that would be cool. That would have been a cool continuity thing, you know. You could see why she would have some animosity against Blade, you know. Right. But you know, but it's never mentioned, and so that's uh, you know, it's just kind of a weird little thing. But I thought yeah, it was a neat little tr trivia bit. That's kind of cool. What I also find weird about this uh, blood pack too, I, I say weird because I, I once again my horror brain goes there. So Ron Perlman's character is uh, Reinhardt, and I guess he's supposed yes. to be like some kind of hillbilly racist or something. Right. And I thought, well, that doesn't make sense, though. You're working with people who are not all white. I mean, yeah. the, people, the, the main woman that's the head of the black pack is like Spanish. So <laughs> what yeah. the hell is going on here, sir? He really had a really bad vendetta against Blade. Like, you know, he made yeah. a little racial quip, can you blush? And, and I was like, okay, so... You know, is that supposed to make Blade try to stake you really fast? Because yeah, he already said he was working with you guys, and and he's very uh, art of war. I mean, you know, Blade is just all about what can I get, what can get me to the end game, and you know, I'll let them right. think I'm playing along, but really, I just want to learn more about how their world operates. And right, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's like I felt almost like they were in grade school. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like no, yeah, they were all just being pissy because Blade has been killing them all, and they've been training this whole time to kill him, and he still took them out. So it's like, it's it's just uh, yeah, a bunch of little so baby I, 
crybaby vampires. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do, however, like the humor in this. This one has a lot of humor. You know, the very Yeah. beginning, uh, Blade was on a motorcycle and he stopped short of hitting his car and gave his car a little kiss, you know. Yeah. And then in this one, you know, they have a lot of uh, really funny quips between him and, and the whole blood pack, especially when they're in the uh, House of Pain. I love the little cool names that they <laughs> give their their little vampire places the house of pain where you know people are cut and what is up with this first of all let me stop i'm i'm going on a tangent and i i promise i wasn't going to do that but when they go into this Yeah. place <laughs> Do it. they <laughs> you know I when they go <laughs> so into do the place I, so. the, the house of pain you know and i'm thinking okay you guys are vampires you've probably seen every weird and sordid thing has ever existed in in your lifespan which i'm assuming has been a couple of hundred years and you know we see people with you know razors and you know they're french kissing each other and, and i thought this is what you do as a vampire like you have nothing better to do this is this is it this is a friday night for you and you know they're telling him to be you know you'll you'll be shocked at what you see and i'm thinking this is blade he's seen people like burn up and you know set on fire. I don't think this is going to be bad for him it's like I don't know what they thought they were preparing him for and Yeah. but the humor in it is good because you know they're in the nightclub and everybody's for whatever reason vampires love techno music and they're all kind of getting down in this <laughs> in this club and uh the Reinhardt guy puts a laser on Blade and then Blade puts his laser on Reinhardt
not that great. <laughs> it yeah. was better, yeah. better than the 98 movie. But, you know, because now we've seen so much advancement, it still looks very cartoonish. And I yeah. know there were I, moments during the sword fight between uh, uh, Blade and Nyssa that were like like a video game there. Yeah, very, very like CG. And it was just like, I get that they have to do it because there's just no way to make the to human body do, do yeah. what they do that. But, but they look like happy like, people. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were bending in weird ways. And I was like, okay, that doesn't look right to me. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think they did something similar like that in the matrix. And I was just like, uh, okay. I'll, I know you can't, you're right. The body can't bend that way. I'll just suspend yeah. my disbelief right now, but it's not good. And then, you know, we get a lot of the, well, we got it in the first one too. We get a lot of these like WWE moves that blades doing, you know, like, <laughs> pile driving people and then you know him and Nomak are kind of doing it like it's a inside the ring kind of deal um <laughs> and the story doesn't make any sense to me simply because they were trying to clone or replicate what blade was and that's how we ended up with Nomak. and there's this like whole you know shadowy secret that his daughter didn't know that you know Basically, yeah. you wanted a son. That's basically what you just told us. You wanted a male right. heir, and you didn't want her. So you created this monster that now is wreaking havoc on everybody else. Um, but I still have fun with it because, once again, it's Ron Perlman's in it. it Guillermo del Toro's directing it. It's it's a lot more fun, and we get to see so much more of Chris Christopherson as Whistler, and he's so funny. He's just he has the funniest quips. You know, he's clearly there to be blades protector and i was so glad that he was because you know there wouldn't have been anybody looking out for him if he wasn't but this one i'm sorry you don't like it but i i like this one the most even with the glitchy cgi and yeah zombie reapers (laughs) even with (laughs) that i like this one the most no i do like it it's got its charms um to it i do like uh, del toro's work and everything mm-hmm. and of course Ron Perlman being in it is a huge plus and and there's a like you said there's a lot of good humor in it uh which Del Toro's really good at bringing into his movies um I don't know it just there's there's things about it that just bug me a little too much um like I said the the villain itself between Nomak and the like the king of the vampires or whatever mm-hmm. and everything they're just like I don't know that it feels like a an overplayed trope um in in a way that just like the the villains that's the one thing i will say about every one of these movies the villains the big bad villain in each of these mm-hmm. is usually not that great it's not and not um, even scary they're not even compelling no. enough for me to go i can't wait to see what he's going to do next time yeah. I, i'm just like get rid of him <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> each one of these is like that even number 3 and number 3's probably my favorite of the bunch mm-hmm. um and you know we'll get into why but um, but yeah, just with number two, I think it's good. I just don't, there's just bits of it that just are I'm just let down by it uh, enough that it doesn't uh, quite reach the heights of the other two for me. Well, the thing I I do like a lot too about this one, um, because Del Toro directed it, he used a lot of people from this movie in the yeah. Hellboy movies, so that always made me feel good about watching this one because I was like, oh, okay, great, this this. I get to see this person that was this person. Yeah. Get to see what else they're capable of. So um, oh, yeah, definitely. 
but yeah, I had fun with this one. This this one was my favorite yeah. for the longest. And then when I rewatched recently the third one, I was like, the third one's not that bad. It's not really <laughs> as bad as I remembered it being. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into that. So the third one, I love the third one. I love the third one because it actually is like campy in a lot of ways. Um, they like, and I don't know if it's intentionally meant to be that way, but um, but Parker Posey herself, I think she should have been a bigger villain in this. Like if she had been the main villain in this, I think it would have been perfect. You know um, what? You're you're absolutely right about that. And I just wanted to say, I wish she was the bad, like the big baddie, because right? uh, you and I talked about Daybreak and how they had the female vampire who was the baddie. I feel like Parker Posey would have rocked that role if she was in, in Blade Trinity, if she was the main bad person. Yeah. Because she's so funny, but she's so great at being creepy and mean. You know what I mean? It's yeah. There's something about her that's just so wonderful. I absolutely love her anyway. But I, I would rather see her and her brother and everybody else than Dracula. Yeah. The Dracula yeah, that absolutely. we got. Yeah, and I like Dominic Purcell. Um, oh, I love him. Uh, like he's a, he's a great actor. He was great on uh, Prison Break. Yeah, but you know he he as Dracula, he's not very compelling. Um, and and I and I did want we talked about this briefly that like the whole mutant vamp the the Reaper vampire type mm-hmm. thing where their mouths open up and everything yeah. like that was supposed to be this genetic mutation that was created by. Um, the other the king of the vampires or whatever um but dracula himself has that and mm-hmm. so it's like well so that wasn't really a mutation that was created you were just unlocking something that the vampires had from a long time ago then and so, what i found weird about that it, exactly that it makes no sense it's like none of that makes sense in the mythos that you're saying but what irritates me about it is that both blade and blade 2 were written by the same person who all directed three of them. Yeah, yeah. So like all three of them were written by the same person. Own, yeah, how did you mess mythology. up your own mythology? <laughs> you yeah. made it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. David S. Goyer, he's he's yeah somebody. Um, <laughs> I his 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 writing was generally okay. Like I said, I think that these these movies, all three of these movies, are good. I think that you know if he had had some kind of consistency with them all, they would have been really good. But he has yeah. no consistency through any of them. Each yeah. movie feels like a separate thing, and it would have been cool if he would have had more of like I don't know, like an underlying thing going on, maybe leading up to Dracula, and that could have been a cool thing um, rather than just kind of making three different random movies about blade. Right. Like we have a blood God, you know, mythos in this. And then we've got Damaskinos trying to make, you know, vampire clones. And now yeah. we've got vampire. Not, there's no cohesive track to what we're leading up to. You know what I yeah. mean? And so, you know, this one's, this one's great. Like, not only do I, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a big Parker Posey fan. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I'm a big Parker Posey fan with certain movies like this one and screen three. So apparently <laughs> she's re- she's really great in number threes that everybody else thinks are terrible. Everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so I like those movies apparently. Um, but so she's, um, uh, so she's, she's great as the villain. And then we get Ryan Reynolds. Um, who this is his first comic book role. 
and he's playing Hannibal King, this guy who mm-hmm. was original, who was turned by uh, her character, by Parker Posey's character. He was turned into a vampire and then cured and then is no longer a vampire. So apparently in this world, you can easily cure vampires, but See, apparently they're just still going out and killing everybody instead of yeah, just trying to cure them all. Cure them yeah. all. Just just hit them when they sleep and well, and then that's the other thing too is because their team, their team of the night stalkers, which includes Natasha Leone and Patton Oswald. Um, and so they they're creating this virus, this Daystar virus that's supposed to kill all the vampires. Mm-hmm. Like you can't create a cure virus that <laughs> that cures them all. It's like this this well, weird the roundabout way. Yeah. It's like obviously you can cure them. Why aren't you doing that instead of like trying to kill them all? See, like, and this is I don't know. This that is part where my anger. This is where my anger comes in because once again, if you had the hematologist that cured herself in the first fucking place, yeah, none of this would be an issue right now. Y'all could already be working, or she could have. What what I would have liked to have seen would bring her back for the third movie and to have her be working yeah. with Natasha Leone. That, that would be fine with me. I'd be completely yeah. fine with that. However, I'm going to get off that soapbox. <laughs> I'm going to let that train go. Um, love this one and hate this one at the same time. Love Parker <laughs> Posey. She is, every scene I see her in, I love it even more, like 10 times more. And I'm with you on the Scream 3 because I went and saw that in theaters and the people I went and saw it with hated that movie, and I was in love with it from the get go because she was crazy yeah. funny. And she's good, yeah. However, it's so funny too because we we get the uh, we can see that clearly this movie was fractured. Uh, you know, at the very beginning, we we lose Whistler yet again. Um, yeah, and then we see Blade getting captured, and then we see that at least to me, it felt like this movie was fractured. Like, you could see that it was more about putting the night, what is it, Night Stalkers? Night Stalkers, <laughs> Sorry. yeah. The Night Stalkers in and kind of pushing Blade slowly to the sidelines. And right. I I don't know how I feel about that. I, I'm a little conflicted because I do love Ryan Reynolds, and it was great to see him without any shirts on. But... <laughs> 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 and Jessica Beale had the guns and I was very much there for that. But there was so much they were trying to cram in about this this group of people who have been hunting vampires. So now in this world, now we see that there is a whole organization of people who are proactively taking vampires out. Why, why didn't Whistler and Blade know about any of this? And why had nobody contacted them to know about this? And Well, it seems as if Whistler did. Whistler may have been like... Whistler may have created these like sleeper cells because that's what they say too. They 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 act as sleeper cells. When one goes down, another one activates. And so it's so just why like, why wouldn't he tell but, him that? But my problem with this too, though, is yeah. Number one, why wouldn't he tell him that too? And then two, if there's all these groups that are just waiting to be activated, why aren't you already activated and just taking out these vampires? <laughs> Like, why are you waiting, why for, are you to go waiting down for the before... other ones to die before you get activated? <laughs> That's a good like, point, man. That makes it doesn't no make sense. any sense. Oh, my gosh. Because once yeah. their driver guy dies, that's when they get that. Oh, yeah, other... and the guy comes up and he goes, oh, I'm your driver for this evening. And I'm thinking, oh, you're his Uber. And nobody asked you yeah. for that. Kill the vampires. <laughs> why are you doing this? Right. 
<laughs> they can get a car. I'm pretty they sure they can drive themselves. I'm he's got sure a damn Wayne car. Knows how to hotwire a car. I'm, but I'm he's sure got his own cool own. car. I mean, come on. That you. <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me laughing about it because you're right. That that's absurd. What are you thinking? Uh, see, this is where this is where, as much as I love this movie, I also it brings up <laughs> so many issues, and I'm just like, oh my god, where's like where's the narrative consistency in all of this? But I still love it because it's so dumb. Um, I, I think that's what it is. I think it carries through like, and Ryan Reynolds does a lot of the heavy lifting for oh me in this gosh, one. Oh my gosh, yes. Because he's like, he's the guy narrating a bunch of it. He's the exposition guy. They know like, like they, they were smart right off the bat on this. They're like, okay, well, we're going to give Ryan Reynolds all the narration and we're going to give him all the exposition dumps and everything because he's got a good voice for it. And he, he, he can say things that are, you know, funny and whatever. we're going to give him the humor. Yeah, because yeah. You know, he can pull that off. <laughs> and we need some kind of humor because Blade is just dry as hell in this one. Like he's just He's like an and, angry and a, old man. He's like and so in this, angry. Yeah. So this one suffers a lot from him not being in it that much. Um mm -hmm. he's in it quite he he the character himself is in it a lot, but he Wesley Snipes had um was not happy with um uh, David Esquire, the way that yeah, uh, the, the way director that that on this was going to yeah. progress. He hated it. He did not want. He thought this movie needs to be me and Whistler again. That's all we need. We don't need anybody else. So it really kind of plays into the character as well, which I mm -hmm. thought was interesting. It's like, well, you're kind of hearing him say all this in the movie. So, uh, but you know, that's above him. That's even above David Goyer. Is that? New Line Cinema obviously wanted to make this a franchise. They wanted to spin it off and create a new new section with the Night Stalkers. They wanted to have their own extra movie and um that's what this was all about was kind of backdooring a um a a a, a sequel right. series for the Night Stalkers. Um which I don't think would have been a bad thing. Um but I can see where that would be an issue if you're just like, dude, this is my movie. You know, right. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I can see why he would be ruffled by it and, you know, have kind of animosity about it. But once again, like you said, they, they were looking at how much can we spin off or how, you know, how many things can we spin from this franchise? Can we spin another franchise from this franchise? You know, it's at the bottom line, they want to make money. Yeah, exactly. And so I get that he was frustrated and apparently he was having a lot of issues and this was i think at the time that he was starting to um that wesley snipes himself was starting to have issues um mm -hmm. like with his taxes and stuff right um, yeah and so he actually went to jail for a little bit because not paying his taxes um so it's i don't quote me on that i've <laughs> <laughs> he may not have gone to jail but i remember him having issues with yeah, that there was that a, like a lot of had to go to jail right um, yeah so uh but yeah he so there was a lot going on around that time and i think also this script wasn't like the greatest obviously not i mean there's a mm -hmm. whole bunch of consistency problems in this but i again i think that you know ryan reynolds and parker posey like they bring so much to this movie that and and like jessica beals all right but she's kind of bland in this she like, really she's not is, very man. she's it, not very really, interesting it's really more for her to you know take her shirt off and have you know the tank top with the <laughs> right. guns and to you know make the little pensive 
girl face that she does when she's like, you know, shooting arrows and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and God bless her, she was just trying to shred, you know, shed that whole seventh heaven kind of yeah. <laughs> TV show. They all got to do it. I mean, you know, they get they do the wholesome stuff, and then they're like, no, nah, I want people to see me as an adult. Hence, her doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yes. You know, they they kind of got to grow out of it, and. You know, this was a great one, too, because we get to see uh, Ryan Reynolds. You know, he's like really cut. And I, I don't mean to keep bringing that up, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> before, you know, he was doing stuff like Outer Limits and like all of those kind of rom-com movies where, you know, he yeah. wasn't quite as fit. And and then that physique kind of just stayed. And then, of course, now, you know, rolled into all of the superhero stuff that he's been doing going forward. But Ryan Reynolds carried a huge chunk of this. Parker Posey yeah. definitely did. Uh, Dominic Purcell brought some charisma to it. Like, I wasn't mad at him being Dracula. I just, he almost felt like, you know, they, they do the whole thing where they, uh, again, where the, the vampire uh, SPF kind of biker yeah. helmet, <laughs> whatever, yeah. and they unearth him, and he seems annoyed at it and it, like he didn't yeah. want to be unearthed and i thought well shit if you don't want to just stay in there don't don't yeah. come out <laughs> kill them <laughs> and go back in like go back in and you know and then he does the whole thing you know we have the awesome rizzo soundtrack where he's in the vampire place and they've got like all of the vampire paraphernalia and then he just kind of yeah. starts eating the people working and or eating the one person that worked there i think he threw the other guy out the window but you know, he just seems like he's just annoyed at everybody. And I don't know why he puts up with any of what they're yeah. trying to do. Because he doesn't seem to be into it at all. Yeah. And 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 Parker Posey's character and her brother and them, they all seem to be very annoying. Like, they just like, and I love it. You know, she's the right kind of annoying for me. Right. But, like, she's, like, the kind of, like, like it, it, being who he is as Dracula, you would think, oh, I don't want to put up with this shit. Like, <laughs> let me just kill you all. I'll do what I want. I'm not going to go along with your weird ass plans. Um, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it just yeah, it's a, it's just it's just weird. And then you know they they bring him back with this whole purpose of doing what Damaskino wanted to do, which is uh, getting his power so that they can also be day walkers. Cause day you know, walkers, yeah. Drac can just walk out in the sun. And yeah, he's immune to the him. sun because right. he's the original vampire. And I thought to myself, well, okay, then what's the end game? Once again, yeah. I always want to know what the end game is. Cause then are you just going to go around eating people during the day? You already eat people at night and you have a whole blood bank of people right? stored away. So what else do you want? <laughs> like what is the, what else do you want? I don't understand you know, does something else happen? And then when you eat all of these people and there's no more people to eat, then what? Then what do you do? Um, it's just, it's a conundrum when they come up with these things. It's like they, they want to walk out in the sun. Okay, you're already super strong. You clearly have money because you, you know, you if you're, a, a, to quote one funny little tweet, if you're a vampire and you've lived for centuries and you're broke, just walk out into the sun. So clearly you people have money. You're You're clearly wealthy. Yeah. So walking out in the sun, what you just want to go and lay out and have a tan or yeah. what, what it's more like, why, why it? do you need to be out? You have the familiars who are doing all the work for you. They're doing You're all do, the you work. Know, there's, there's, You're there's filthy so many. Rich. Yeah. 
you can have anybody you want you you know and, and i'm assuming the vampires in this world have the vampire vampire allure where they can you know entrance people and if they don't it, you know i'm sure there are people vampire groupies out there so oh yeah what what do you want i don't understand <laughs> i need the answers as to what what is the end game yeah and that's um that's the thing that I think is most frustrating about this whole series of movies is the vampires want to be, you know, even more top of the food chain, but that's literally their only thing is they just want to rule everything. But it's like, you already do. You, you already, already have do. the power, the wealth, everything yeah. else. You have the influence and everything else. And you get to work from the shadows. Exactly. Like, why would you want to come out into the light and be like you know and be seen and then have everybody want to kill you yeah, like it's one thing just one have thing. blade trying to kill you you know just kill blade that's the main <laughs> thing that's the only thing you need to stop is just kill blade I know. and it's over <laughs> i i that that puzzles me so much uh you know just constantly these movies where they just constantly want to walk into the sun and i'm just like i just don't i don't get what the big deal is that's that's my only thing oh we forgot to mention the nod from the first blade movie uh when the gentleman went into the meat packing district and he saw the the blood yes. uh the banks of people i guess like in the little plastic bags they actually bring this up in the third movie which is that they have not one they have a network of of blood bank farms like with warehouses people. full of people just bleeding them dry and you know and and they they make the point of like there's millions of homeless people so they're just taking homeless people off the streets and like putting them in like i don't know vacuum seal bags right yeah they're not <laughs> like, they're not completely dead but they're you know yeah. they're there just to make the blood so and then they're just slowly again, bleeding them over and over and over again keeping yeah, them so alive just again, enough you, to continue bleeding them you've already been doing this and you know yeah. blade wasn't aware of this until just now and neither was <laughs> yeah. i believe you know the night stalkers they weren't aware of it. so all of these things have been going on probably eons for years and years now since, and you're you just know... bringing it more to his attention instead of right. just i don't know not messing with him <laughs> keep to the shadows <laughs> i mean honestly if he's killing vampires at this point let him kill those because they don't know how to hide themselves properly and they needed to be right? taken out at this point but you know for all its flaws and i know we've been nitpicking a lot about these movies <laughs> but for all the flaws it's still a great franchise and it's still a great oh, trilogy yeah. i absolutely do yeah. love the blade movies even though i am finding fault <laughs> don't take oh, yeah, that no. i don't love movies i um i generally i think you can find fault with most movies even the movies I, I that do. i love the most that you can find faults with pretty yeah. much any movie there's always something you can nitpick and, and that doesn't make sense or whatever but that's part of the whole thing about all these movies is that you've got to suspend your disbelief you've got to push aside some of those things and go you know what i get that this doesn't make any sense but you know let me go along for the ride because some of these performances are really great you know and that's yeah. that's really where it comes down to is I really like these movies because of the performances. The story themselves isn't really all that great. But again, you look at comic books in general, and sometimes comic book stories aren't that great, but you read them and you enjoy it for, you know, whatever. What it is. Yeah. You're getting and, out of and, it. Yeah. 
And speaking of comic books, I did like in this uh, Blade Trinity how they did give us that little cute Easter egg where uh, yeah. Hannibal King's breaking it down and he hands Blade the uh, Tomb of Dracula the uh, issue, the comic issue, because that was the issue that Blade first appeared in. And I thought that was so cute that they did that. Yeah. Um, and there's just some things about all of these movies. Like you said, there's things I could pick apart and there's things, but overall, I really, really love this movie. And I love Blade Trinity too, because they actually use the Marvel logo in this one. I yes, it was, was the neat. first movie that did that. Yeah. And I was shocked. I never caught that until I just rewatched it. I was like, holy shit, is that the Marvel logo? <laughs> <laughs> and my husband was like, yeah, you didn't notice that. I was like, no. Um, so that kind of gave me a little little fangirl thrill watching it. And, it, you know, speaking personally as an African-American person, it's so nice to see a character that is so sure of themselves and so badass and you know knows how to do martial arts and knows how to kill vampires and i don't know wesley snipes just makes this character so freaking cool it's just like yeah. the coolest thing that i could have ever seen um i know my mother was over the moon because she loves vampires she's a vampire lover i'm a lycanthrope lover but to her <laughs> this was like one of the best things she had ever seen um you know because not to you don't get to see too many black superheroes and yeah it's it was a lot of fun i i love it from beginning to end um re-watching it to discuss it with you made me love it even more and <laughs> um you know i i don't i don't have anything else to say about it i just would like vampires to get their shit together and figure out what the end game <laughs> is going for right. just like what is your out. ultimate goal like i mean i would for trade the power you already you. have that Trust me, I would trade places with them in a heartbeat because I would be the vampire. I wouldn't be a, a complete, you know, vegan, but I probably would not eat humans. I'd probably eat animal blood. Yeah. I'm just thinking it out now. And I'd already have my wealth and I'd have a couple of familiars and <laughs> then I just live my life. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a boring vampire. I'd just be like, you know, and I've said this before, like maybe not in the show, but I've said this before in real life. Like if I could become a vampire, I totally would. Like I want to live forever. I want to like there's so much I still want to do with my life. And, you know, and and not in terms of like I want to go party and go traveling and everything like that. There's so many movies and 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 TV shows and books <laughs> and everything like, like that that I still want to do. And so <laughs> like for that, like I would be the most boring vampire ever because I'd just be like in my house, just sitting here living my <laughs> like long life, just doing what I want to do here and not worrying about anything else out there. I wouldn't be going to all the rave clubs and you know, yeah, you, don't all need, you don't stuff. need any of that. I, I, I agree that. with you. I would be exactly the same, except I would probably I would probably travel that would be the thing yeah i, I mean traveling do. would be cool you know? but that's it literally i just want to wake up in a different city and have coffee in a different city and i can have midnight coffee i drink coffee all times a night so yeah exactly. that wouldn't bother me or you know blood type o or whatever it is that they give you. <laughs> and that's the thing too is like you know with familiars and stuff like that you wouldn't need to have um, animal blood. You could just your familiars would donate That's a little true. bit every day, and That's you could true. just sip on that, and you'd be fine, you know. And that like that 
you know, would be like the perfect scenario. See, I've thought yeah. this through a little too much. So <laughs> I think we all have. We're like horror people. We always think of stuff like that. What would I do if I was a vampire? Um, so just to give a little tie in to this. Oh, wait, I got to yeah. ask you something before I give you the tie in. What did yeah. you think about the alternate ending or the ending of Blade Trinity? Um, where they, um, the Night Stalkers, uh, are taking out a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would have been cool. <laughs> like, of course, you and me, we're the we're, we we love werewolves. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's you know that would have been cool. But I think like, so. especially if that had been like, you know, maybe not necessarily, um, werewolf by night, you know, but like it would have been a cool little tie-in. Like, if they oh, were that would have been awesome. And, Right? Like, come on, tie more of the Marvel horror in there, you know? I'd like to see, um, there's a, there's a group, they were barely used, but there was a group in, like, the 80s, um, I think they were called the Night Shift, um, and they had, uh, uh, Shroud, um, uh, uh, the Brothers Grimm, um, uh, um, Werewolf by Night was a part of it, uh, there were a couple other people that I can't remember, but there was, like, a group of, like, you know, scary monster people that were like, uh, I think they were in a couple of uh, issues of uh, West Coast Avengers. Huh. They operated out of Los Angeles. So, yeah. So it was, a, it was a pretty neat group of uh, like bad guys. So, so I will, but, yeah. I will leave you with a, a comic tie in. <laughs> and it's not Marvel, but I'm just throwing it out for you and anybody else that might want to want to read it. So, um, I've talked about it on, on social media before, but there is this comic called Day Black. And it's written by this uh, great writer and artist, Keith Cross. And the reason I wanted to bring up Day Black real quick is that it has to deal with a black vampire. Uh, he was a former slave and he was bitten by a vampire while he worked in the cotton fields. But along with the smart vampire thinking, he works as a tattoo artist. <laughs> because he has a machine that gets the little tiny bits of blood and that's how he survives interesting he just collects it you know from his tattoo whenever he does tattooing and huh. he actually can walk out in the daylight because uh the town he lives in had pollution and uh, apparently there's the sky is always covered so he just walks outside all the time and he has werewolf friends and it's it's a very cute comic i absolutely love oh, it interesting but yeah i just figured i'd throw that out there because i i fell in love with it about a year ago and um i think they're in talks to either making a movie or an animated series about it so i'm super excited fingers crossed that it goes through but anyway we were talking about vampires and comics so <laughs> i just figured i'd throw that out there yeah no but that's awesome but it's always nice to come visit you. I, I'm yeah, so glad it's that nice I to got to talk about these movies because I do love them. I, I don't love the <laughs> one you love, but I, I'm I'm growing to love it. After watching it recently, good, I realized good. that I really do like this one. It's got so many fun moments. And, the, and again, it mostly revolves around Ryan Reynolds. Um, it's just you can see like and I knew Ryan Reynolds was going to be cool from the beginning. Like uh, right. um, watching him in Van Wilder. Um just I could tell like his whole tone um, and, and the way he acts in that and just seeing the way he's been since then. And Deadpool is like the ultimate like version of that. Um, and I think he just, you know, he has a lot of fun being an actor and you could see it whenever he's 
like in talk shows and stuff like that. This is really who he is. This is like how he is as a person. So, you know, it's actually fun to see him whenever he gets to, you know, kind of play into that, into these he characters. He brings a lot of well. light, a lightness, a lot of levity to this. You know, yeah. he, he lightens up all of the scenes and even the ones, especially with him and Parker Posey and, you know, they're interrogating yes. him and he's just, he's really, That's really a great funny. sequence. I love that it sequence. Really Yes. But yeah, these these are great. If you haven't watched them, I don't think we spoiled too much, but I mean these movies are yay years old. So, you yes. know, go back and watch them and, and do a, a trilogy run like we did and and then get back to us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I I have nothing else to say. So if you want to let people know where they can find you online. Um, yeah, so I am on Instagram and Twitter or X, the Twitter formerly known. <laughs> we still call um, it Twitter here. It's hard. We still, I still call it Twitter. Um, exactly. But yeah, it's uh, Donna underscore the T-H-A underscore dead. And then I also have my own podcast, Donna the Dead podcast. So if you want to come over and peruse over and listen and then come back and listen to his and then come back and listen to mine. <laughs> um, but that's that's pretty much it. That's where I am. I'm trying to be on Discord, but I'm never there. You're never there. I'm sorry. <sighs> it's all right. I'll do better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on again. It's always fun to have you on. Well, thank you. And I, I will come back whenever you ask course uh, hopefully you'll be back on pretty soon i think you're coming back on in less than a month <laughs> so oh, wow. <laughs> uh let's see i think your next episode is another marvel one. Uh, not less than a month just over a month okay i'll be back uh, uh for uh, black panther yay so, cannot wait pretty pretty soon though <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody's not tired of Donna because uh, she's not going anywhere. I'm going to keep having her on the show as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you're making a threat, man. <laughs> I am making a threat. <laughs> I don't care if you don't like her. She's oh staying on the show. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> well, thank you once again, and I, I will be happy to come back. Thanks again to Donna for joining me. On Friday, my daughter Katrina returns to the show to talk about Ant-Man. And on Monday, my son Harrison returns to the show to conclude my trilogy series with the Reanimator trilogy. Thanks for listening. Creepy and Geeky is a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Please check out morbidlybeautiful.com slash podcasts for more great shows. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving the show five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, please share the podcast on social media to help spread the word. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or at creepyandgeeky.com. Music for the podcast is Gratitude, composed by Jerry Smith. You can follow the podcast on social media at creepyandgeeky on both Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to follow me, I'm GeekThulu on Twitter and Blue Sky, and Geek.Thulu on Instagram. You can support the podcast by ordering teas and more on TeePublic or by donating to the coffee page. All of the links are in the show notes. Finally, don't forget, stay creepy.